Coming up in this episode of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast, we look at the latest games from the finals, plus the qualification series, including the five-game shocker between Orlen Lippo and Celine Arvin Pessis. Plus, we are joined by special guest, living legend, and finalist from this year's finals, it's Henry Paputi. That's all coming up on this episode of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast. Episode 21 of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast. I'm your host, Ian Albert, and I'm joined once again with my friend from across the pond. It's Ron Bronson. Ron, how are you doing? Doing good. Good to see you both. And he's back with us um, as well. It's my friend who, as I said last time, he's man's best friend's new best friend. It's Miko Piron. And Miko, how are you doing? I'm doing swell, thank you. And uh, this weekend I will be attending the Swiss Pesapallo uh, Championship Tournament in Zurich. So that'll be exciting. I I met those guys in uh, 2019 in the World Cup in India. And it's super cool to link up with them again. Well, we had um, quite a bit of interest uh, when we had Dominic Meyer uh, on the show earlier uh, this year. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that uh, that tournament goes down the finals. Um, so I'll be interested to hear your stories from that. Um, but we're we're moving towards the end of the the season uh, in Super Pesis uh, this year. Um, very, very, very few games left. In fact, potentially only one game left in the finals. Um Obviously, you guys have been watching the finals. Um, what have you made of the game so far? Miko? Well, uh, I think that Manse has been the team on top on most of the time. And uh, I mean, all credit goes to KPL for hanging on to their dear lives. I mean, they have... They they were already the underdogs, but they have lost like two of their most important runners, which is the key in today's game. So uh, when I think about next weekend, it's hard to see them getting two wins in a row to win the championship. So I would I would say that. Uh, I mean, before the third final, uh, we were calculating the odds. Uh, that what are the odds of winning the championship and uh, the percentages? And by that point, it was like uh, there was a ninety-five percent chance that Manza would win the championship, and there was a seventy-five percent chance that Manza would win the championship like last Sunday in Tampere. But they didn't. And Kovala scraped through, even though Tommy Mantausta, their like most important runner, got also injured in the process. So they're like uh they're running on empty gas. Like they they don't have any gas in the tank anymore, but they're they're just scraping through the bottom of the barrel so to say and uh i admire them but uh Monte will win the championship in my books yeah it's it's certainly mansa's game to lose at the moment and and certainly watching um the games this weekend i got the sense 
at, at game three that Mansa were just a little hesitant. There was a little um, bad bounce here and there that just let KPL into the game. It was really that first inning uh, of the first Yakso that really uh, brought them to life. And you mentioned uh, Tommy Meindholster's uh, injury. Um, a lot of people have been talking on social media about how how great it was to see Mansa giving him a, a free pass to, to first base um, in the game as well, uh, certainly given that it's a final. Um, Ron, have you caught much of the finals? I have, um, belatedly. I mean, um, you know, and uh, I think um, I don't have much more to add other than to say that um, can KPO win two more games? Probably not. Can they tie the series and force a game five? I think maybe. Um, I mean, Tampere showed us, or, uh, someone tweeted it finished, uh, last week. They were like, before, um, before KPL won game three, they're like, uh, if, if Tampere wins, um, game three, we give IPV the silver <laughs> as they were the only team to force, you know, to make, make Mansa work for it, which I appreciated very much. Um, and, but, but I think that series showed that, uh, uh you know, Tampere can be, can be, uh, vulnerable, um, that they can give away easy games. And if you get, they'll give you enough of a spot. And so if they don't come in and do what they did in that, that IPV series, where they come in and just dominate in a, in a Yakso to like sort of take life out of a KPL, um, this could go to five games. Will they win the series? No, I don't think so either. Um, I will also give assistance. I did watch both series. Um, on the women's side, Corey, uh, doing the unthinkable and trying to knock off the three time defending champions, uh, killed right. Um, up two to one in that series. I think Corey's going to win that series. Susana Pusto is, 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 is possessed right now. And, um, and she's all season long. She just played with a, with a certain level of intensity that nobody else has. And I think that what Corey benefit, Corey's benefited from with her and that lineup versus, say, like Virkia, who I root for, of course, um, and Lopisto and even Emma Corco. In both cases, both their star players are kind of out for periods of time this year or not as good as they were in the past, maybe. I mean, Emma Corco, of course, home run hitter are like crazy. Pusto's been, Pusto's been consistent. Um, poor, you know, had the, uh, was, other than Kyrgyz, you know, sort of undefeated season until the end, um, were, were truly the best team on the win side. And so I think that this is going to be them proving that. I didn't think they had it in them, to be honest with you. But now I'm a believer um, in them. And so I think that we're going to get, on the women's side, we're going to get a, a new champion. Um, and for the fans at home, poor hasn't won a title since 03. The women's side has basically been dear here and Kyrgyz for the last decade, for the entire century. Um, so we're not going to get a new team, but at least we'll get a team that hasn't won in a while, if they can pull it off, and we got two chances to do that. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes. But sad that no more baseball. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm the one who has the like the benefit of a hindsight, and I'm the one who holds hold this whole folklore from the beginning. Because I mean, uh, when when we did the season previews. Uh, for women's superpasses in our Finnish podcast, I I said that Bori would finish second in the regular season and they would challenge Kiritaret in the finals. And uh, my co-host, Antti Ylisanamäki, who obviously has a massive experience in women's superpasses, he said that they're not like ready for that yet. So they're not ripe enough yet. They have 17-year-old players in key positions and they have renewed everything yet. So everything looks good, but not this year yet. But uh, this Saturday will be their best chance in 19 years. I don't remember. I mean, their last championship was in 2002, actually. But... Since then, they have been one of the best organization uh, organizations, not just in Finnish baseball, not just in Pesa Pablo, but in, in Finnish sports in every sense. I mean, they have all, all these kinds of things uh, around the city that they, they, they play like... Uh, you can go around and they play like Pesapalo every here and there and they have tournaments like in small areas and stuff like that, which you don't get in uh, even in men's superpasses. And uh, 
they don't have men's team and such things. So uh, you were present also in like the Italanzi that was held in Pori. And you saw that even with the restrictions, they they can do that kind of stuff. And uh, with that kind of a background, they've been a powerhouse. I mean, they they should have won the championship a lot more times than once in every 20 years. And now is their best chance in 19 years this Saturday to win the home game and to take that cherished championship. And uh, I, I agree with Ron that it's one for the taking for them, that it's not only for them to lose. And I am actually cheering for them also that even though they would lose the game four, I wouldn't lose faith in them because they, they have shown already just as Monte Pepe did in uh, the semifinals, that you can actually go to Kiritaret home ground and grind out a win from there. And uh, that's a fascinating duel to watch because they have they have gone through every single tactical detail that there is in Pesapal. And uh and yeah, I mean it's uh it's a 50-50 series. I mean I, I see the KPL versus Mazapepe as more more like uh KPL 30%, Mazapepe 70% or something like that. For even one match, let alone two games. But like uh this Saturday is a huge game in Pori. I agree. Um, in fact, the, the the women's series hasn't passed me by. Um, I've been astounded to see um, Pori do so well. And we we talked earlier on this year about um, the build up to the Italanzi game in Pori, and of course, Ron and I managed to go. And it's an incredible setup that they've got there on the ground. Um, the enthusiasm in the stands from a lot of the local fans um was 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 clear to me um so it's it's obvious to me that this team is well loved in in Pori they're well supported and i'm interested to see how things will go down this weekend and i'll be keeping an eye on those games as well aside from uh the Championships, we've also seen the bronze medal matches. Um, Sotokamo didn't take the bronze. They left without a medal, much like last year's um, bronze match where the previous champions didn't take home a medal. And it was all because of the same team. Vimpoli took home bronze uh, again this year. Um, I said that uh, I I thought they were going to win the series fairly easily and in reality they did uh, i think that sotkamo probably just um run out of steam very much like we were talking about kpl at the moment um in that series uh ron did you uh manage to catch that series as well no i mean yeah i mean yeah i did watch some of it um and yeah i i think i mean i'm, I'm not I mean, bronze is kind of, I know, I'm still pretty American when it comes to, to these bronze series. I mean, I, I, my Finnish friends explain to me why this matters. And I, for the teams, I understand the financial reasons why we do it and, and it's good attendance and all that. But man, it's hard to watch because I just don't care. Um, but, but I, like, like I was telling a friend of mine, a fellow Vimpoli fan, I said, uh, I said, I said, I said, we don't even need a medal to play soccer to get excited to play Sakamo. You just, you just go beat Sakamo. It doesn't make a difference. You could just be in it. We could be on a small field, no one watching at midnight, and we just go beat. It doesn't make a difference. You don't need an excuse. So the fact that they got the job done is great. Obviously, Tartaruska, his swan song in, in Vimpoli Blue, we knew that was probably coming. No, that we knew that was probably coming, but official now. Um, and so, um, so I'm glad he, you know, that they were able to motivate themselves to, again, to, to go there and get the job done efficiently. Um, it wasn't like last year where it took, you know, 14 innings, 13 innings to, to win the bronze. Um, finals are over and watching this bronze series was ridiculous. So, um, yeah, so, so good, good on them there and on the official women's side, Birkia, 
um, lost um, to Amenta, but that Manta team, women's team, really should have won their semifinal. And so that team really, you know, I mean, they, they really deserved to win a semifinal, just couldn't get it done. Uh, gave Curator right too much room and, and, and didn't didn't get the job done. So I didn't, didn't surprise me that they um, dispatched a, a very sort of, I would say, probably a little, not unmotivated, but certainly a sort of, you know, dispirited Virkia Lapoa team that, that just probably just ran out and definitely didn't have anything left in the tank after they lost the semifinal um, to, to the, the Pori team we already talked about. So, so I think all in all, good outcomes on both sides for um, the teams that emerged in third place, but definitely for the fans of those teams, um, a lot of what might have been, you know, um, had they had they been able to hold it together. Well, the Mansa women's team, of course, had to um, change um, course partway through the season with the change of game manager, um, friend of the show, Juha uh, Opiantikainen, uh, taking the helm um, there. Um, Mika, what have you made of the bronze matches? Well, there's two examples. That, for example, Mansa Pepe this year, there were uh, like... Uh, ship lost across the ocean at some point and uh, for them it was a bronze one most certainly and uh, but in in general i think that there are two two kinds of examples that you can either win it or lose it and uh, i i tend to agree with ron that I mean, when it comes down to bronze medal, if you take a look at, for example, if you take a look at this season's men's super basis, there were five, like, absolute juggernaut, like, teams who could win the championship. We were even talking about quarterfinals where each one of the teams could win the championship by some probability. So... What good does the bronze medal do to any one of those? But I, I, I mean, I've been a part of a bronze medal team when we brought the first one to Joensu back in 2013. And we celebrated that more than some of the members of the team had celebrated like championships in the previous years in the previous teams. But as of this year, it's like, why? Why? And why, why, why won't you play it as a one-off? I mean, if you have to, I mean, are you, going, are you actually going to get attendance and so on? But as I said in the finished uh, podcast too, is that obviously you don't know those things uh, before the season begins. But also, but I also have to say that as my co-host really well said that um, if you, for example, if IPV would have made it to semifinals somehow, and if they would have lost the semifinals, would, would it have been good for them to go to a bronze medal match uh, as a one-off or best out of three. And I was thinking the best out of three, obviously, because they would get a home match. But uh, my co-host said that, and I now I tend to agree with him, that uh, a game of one-off, it would always give the underdog the best chance. Because if you have to win two games, then it would be a lot harder. But but if you think about the teams that made it to the top four eventually, I mean, out of Sotkama and Vimpeli, they don't give a damn about bronze medal and they don't have to. I mean, uh, and they showed it. They showed it in every possible way in the pitch and in social media and everywhere. So that... They don't actually give a damn about it. And I I don't blame them. So uh, I think that good for Wimpeli to get the bronze. And 
But for Monza, it was uh, Brands one. Well, from a series that really didn't mean that much to the teams to a series that meant everything to the fans, and that was Kankampan uh, Myla versus Juviskil and Lohi. Now, I've I've seen fans, <laughs> but uh, the Lohi fans are something else. Um, I think uh, Miko, you you um, you tried to mention this a little bit uh, last week, but wow. Um, there's there's a, a whole lot of energy behind that team. And uh, despite the fact that they lost the series uh, 3-0, and each of those games was, was not a complete washout for them. You know, they, they played as good as they, they possibly could or anybody possibly could against uh, Kankampa Myla. Um Mika, what did you make of uh, Lohi's uh, almost but not quite? Well, first of all, they them making it to the qualification series was a story of its own. It's a fairy tale. I mean, they they got promoted just a couple of years ago, and I I happen to be like. Uh, while I was coaching uh, in Kuopio four years ago, uh, they were playing in the same series. They just got promoted to Ukkospasis and we were doing like collaboration with the game manager, which is quite common that you have one or two other game managers that you exchange information with and you do like analysis with because you play different teams in different times and you don't have all the time in the world to watch the videos and stuff like that. But uh, I did collaboration with uh, Jussi Muilu, the game manager of Lohi, who was also the game manager this year. One of the finest guys, like one of the best gentlemen you can find in the game, who actually has put the time and the energy to make the team look like him. And uh, they played this kind of an old-school Pesapallo, but that was not the key. I mean, the key was that uh, Jyväskylä, which is uh, located in the, uh, in the exact middle of Finland, so to say, and uh, which is called the Athens on of Finland because of the old university culture. Uh, the key thing is that they have really young fans. Like we're talking about fans under the age of 25, 30. And they are, they are holding up banners and they are putting on fan shirts and when you go to the games, when they played Kankampa Myla, in the Kankampa games, you had attendances of uh, 250 and 100 people. And when you went to the Lohi game, there were over a thousand people in a, in a stadium that doesn't even hold that much. And they were holding up banners and like singing and stuff like that. So what what you see in football stands. So it's like, it's something that everybody wants to be a part of. And uh, just as my, once again, as my co-host in the, in the Finnish podcast and also what other people in Pesapalo said, there were a lot of uh, Superpasis players in the stands and they were saying that I want to be a part of this because you don't see that I mean I there's a there's a lot of teams that have to like pump up the atmosphere every in every home game just to get a clap here or there but there it's like it's original so that's that's really unique, and it was kind of a fairy tale thing that they even made it that far. But I don't know. 
uh, I don't see them making super pass making it to super passes anytime soon, but it was one of the best stories in recent years that they actually managed to make it that far. Well, it was it was hard to ignore them um, as fans uh, watching some of the games, uh, seeing some of the interviews that uh, people had with some of the fans as well. Um, it, it was a very big kind of party atmosphere. It reminded me of um, whenever Scotland make a football tournament. Uh, being an avid Scotland fan as I am, um, it's not a party unless Scotland are invited. We're there for the ride. We're never going to win it, but hey, you know we'll do our best. Um, Ron. Are you a converted Lohi fan now? Lohi on Lohi. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, man, that was a really cool story. And actually, I'm glad Mika said there were some guys in the stands watching it because I'm like, I thought that I'm like, let's get, like, give me like, give me another season of you. Know, we'll turn it Cajonan out for one more season, you know, and, you know, and, uh, and Apokoski and some of these guys go hang out in the you know, Vascula for one season. And get these get these boys to the get these boys to the big leagues so that we can we can experience this, uh, you know, by pace of standards. Vestville is not a small town. I mean, it's not you know, it's not Bimpoli, it's or Sakamo or something. It's easy you can relatively get there. I was there. I saw a Kira Direct game. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a great story. I and mean, then other than IPV story, I thought it was one of my favorite stories in the postseason. And I'm sad they didn't get the get the job done, but hoping that it built some momentum for them. It was it was a really 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 fun story. For you saw I saw the stories all over Finland about it. I thought it was a really neat, great for the game. We need we need more stories like that. Yeah, just as a follow up, I mean, one of the things that I think I need to mention is that uh, okay, uh, Lohi this season was a success story, but it has been brewing up like under the surface for for years and years i mean for example say seven eight years ago uh, i was coaching in helsinki and a friend of mine petri pennanen was coaching lohi in yvaskyla while he was coaching like he was studying there because yvaskyla is the only place where you can we can use you can study to be a PE teacher or something like that, or uh, like a coach at the highest level. So uh, he was coaching there. And that was kind of an atmosphere that I knew that he was a top coach and he was he was coaching a, like a third level, third tier team in Yvaskula, in Lohi. And I knew about the atmosphere that they had over there. And eventually I managed to lure him out of there <laughs> to come to Joensu and he became the like the championship uh, game manager eventually. But uh, that's the... They have had this kind of a magic brewing up under there and uh yeah i mean it was uh this year it was so fun to see that not only there were people in the stands but they were actually interacting with the players that they were like players like uh coming coming to the fans and like doing all kinds of gestures that to bring up the noise and and also vice versa. That at some point uh, the so-called ultras, the ultra fans, uh, they were shouting from the stands to the pitcher that uh, to Heikki Rantanen that Rambo, give it to them. And at that point, uh, Rantanen he stopped the ball. And started to stare at the <laughs> at the guy at bat. So it was like it went both ways. So I, I, I thought it was cool that Rumble give it to them. <laughs> 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 so 
So you you don't see the, you don't see it that much in other super RPG stadiums or stuff like that. So. Well, the other qualification series um, that we had was on a knife edge. Uh, it went all the way to game five, and it was Ulan Lippo who, despite um, having a uh, changing game manager from last year and making some shifts here and there, couldn't. Uh, put to bed their demons and make it back into Super Pesis and Silenjarvin Pesis hang on and they stick around for another season that um, that hit to centre field by um, Yuri Pipola uh, in the Super Vuoro in game 5 uh, that said it all uh, the um, the outfielder on the floor the, you know everybody just in Bits is the best way to describe it. Um, yeah, it was an emotional series for for all of it. Another year where they haven't quite made it. Um, you know, they're they're a big name in the sport. They're a big brand in the sport, and and for Sipe to have have taken out not only Harmina, who again are another um, big historic name in the sport, but also then Olu. Um, they're, they're lucky to have hung on, but they, they played a good game. Um, Miko, did you catch any of the series? All of it. I mean, after the first series, I thought that Hamina should have taken it because they had the better material. And uh, we had, once again, I'm referring to the finished podcast but we had an excellent guest Kalle Tapia Husko who's playing for Tahko and who played for Team West also in the Italansi. Yeah 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 I yeah I see that. But he's like the guy's twenty two but he can analyze the game as well as anyone. And he said it well that they now they have the experience of winning, actually winning a series, and Lippo have basically they have just been cruising through the season. They have been winning game after game, and after that, I mean, after regular season, they have had to win two games against like fourth position team in Ukerpesis, which is not an issue these days for a team of that caliber but uh, but we, when they had to come up with the goods against Sipa I mean the Sipa team to in all honesty they knew that they will probably lose their best players after this season but they were playing for the sake of of the team and the organization and they had the advantage of playing under pressure throughout the whole season and I for one I'm, I'm raising my cap to them for doing exactly that and beating beating Lippo in the hardest of circumstances and beating Hamina as well I mean, that's, uh, I, I watched, uh, it was one of the most fascinating series in ages to watch, uh, actually both of them, but uh, congratulations to them. I mean, whatever happens to them after this season, uh, they did it and that's what matters. Yeah, they are the team who likes to be underrated and then overperform. Um, they're the only team that I didn't correctly predict a series on this postseason so far. And in fact, they beat my prediction twice. Um, they continue to astound me when they get to the postseason. The staring elimination in the face. They did it in 2019. They did it again this year. Um, Ron, did you catch any of the games? Uh, a little bit. Um, I mean, Olu's, of course, Olu's game manager, um, former Vimpimpoli game manager. 
So got a soft spot for, for that team for that reason. And we were kind of rooting for mostly rooting for him to get back to Super Pacers after what he did in Vimpoli. Um, and, um, but I, I appreciated the humor from the CP players after they won the series and things they were tweeting afterwards. I really enjoyed. And so that made me a fan of, and also like everything Nico said, I just extend everything Nico said, those boys, those boys, they did the job. They went out there, they had a task to do it and then they got it done. And, and you can't, you can't do anything but respect that. So happy for them to be back no matter what happens next. Yeah. I mean, two things that I want to mention about it. Is that, uh, well, first of all, out of those things that will happen after this season is that, Ron, you might want to keep an eye on the pitcher. Because yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Might be, yep. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> they, yeah, I know. There might be a pitcher next year. But, uh, but yeah, let's see what, let's see what happens. I mean, uh, places like those, they, Places like Sipa, they tend to get players who are young and enthusiastic and willing to take the next step. But, uh, but I, for one, I will be happy if Temu uh, Kinnunen actually gets a chance to prove himself on a higher level. Because when I was a game manager and I played against him, uh, I enjoyed that enormously because he's good. He's actually good. And uh, that's the same thing that Kalle Tapia said, that he has strengths that actually make him good. And uh, so even as a Wimbley fan, I wouldn't be worried. Well, I think that'll do it for this uh, half of the show. Um, Join us after the break. And uh, we'll be interviewing the living legend and current finalist, Henry Paputi. Joining me now on the podcast is a player who needs no introduction but I'm going to give him a short one anyway. He's one of the game's most famous players, uh, currently in his 10th finals, uh, with 20 consecutive appearances in the postseason and over 3,000 successful hits in the regular season. It's Henry Paputi. Uh, Henry, thank you for joining me. Thanks a lot. So we know where you're at in your career at the moment, but how did it all start? Uh, how did you first start playing Pesapalo? Uh, I was born in uh, Lauka in the middle Finland, near Jyväskylä. And uh, when I was six, we moved to Kankaanpää. And uh, it was... Uh, uh, we, we were watching Kankaanpää Maila games with my parents a lot then and uh, just one day I I said to my mom that I want to go to practice and and then 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 my career started but when I went to my first training there was a coach who said that the team is full there was over 30 30 players and uh, God said, no, you can't come. And uh, I just started to cry. And uh, But then there was uh, Tuomo Hakola, who is one of the biggest, uh, or how can I say it? Uh, that's why I play <laughs> play today, because Tuomo Hakola is the Ristomatti Hakola, the cross-country skier, his father. And he, he told me that, of course, you can come here. and. Uh, then first practice for was then 1990. Well, the sport would look very different um, if you hadn't been uh, a part of it, having played such a major role um, over the last uh, 22 seasons. Um, but outside of Pesapolo, do you have any other hobbies or interests? Uh, I tried to play play some golf, but 
but my nerves don't handle that so well so so that's why i don't have any <coughs> any big big hobbies but i think when my career is over i i i think i could play golf when i have time more because it it needs so much training to to play well and in terms of idols or, or role models, um, is there anybody that you've looked up to throughout your career? When I was younger, I, I played also ice hockey, and then ice hockey players were were the idols. Idols: Patrick Roa, Teemu Selänne, Jari Kurri, Wayne Gretzky. But in pesapallo, there Toni Kohonen is, is, is one of the idols, younger, but not, not nowadays. I, I think uh, in any sport, when you are uh, a little bit older player, I, I think uh, those guys or women are, they are the, I, I look up to them who can play play on their uh, younger year, uh, older years in the top. They are the idols to me <laughs> because I'm, I'm old too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, if there's anybody um, currently playing who, who you look up to as well, um, Tony Kohonen, of course, um, is on the opposing team um, for... Uh, this finals and in fact has been on the opposing team for quite a few of your um, finals. Um, is there anybody else in particular that uh, that comes to mind? Uh, in Pesapalo or uh, in, in Pesapalo, yeah. yeah. In Pesapalo. Uh, of course, Pasi Pirinen, Jukka Holttinen. They don't play anymore, but uh, uh, Matti Latvala is the same age than I am. And we have played young years, so many, many, many games, many, many games. Matti is a, Matti is a good guy and a good player. Now, you were one of the key signings for Mansa in the off-season uh, last year, making a lot of the headlines. Um, how did that move come about? Uh, when I played in Seinäjoki, I make the decision about middle of the second season that I don't want to play in Seinäjoki anymore. And then I look about uh, where, where would I go next? And uh, there was Wimpeli and Manse, two choices. And uh, then when I looked, who other guys Manse signed, so it was easy to decide that I want to play play in Manse, and uh, and then now we are here. <laughs> Not bad decision. <laughs> well, it's been an incredible um, year, and it's been really interesting to see uh, Manse rise. Um, you, in fact, reached a milestone, as I, I mentioned at the top of the of the interview. Um, where you have 3,000 successful uh, hits at, at moving the point runner. Um, how does it feel to be in that, that elite group? There's only a few other uh, players who've scored equal or more. Uh, of course, it's a nice milestone, but uh, I don't think it now, it, after the career, I think it's much much bigger thing to me. But uh, of course, when you... Uh, how can I say it? When you read those those kinds of things, of course, it's it's just pretty good. Now, over the twenty-two successful um, seasons that you've had in uh, Super Paces, what kind of challenges have you faced? <clears throat> uh, I have one knee surgery. Uh, my shoulder have been a few times in that condition that <coughs> I I didn't know can I 
can I throw anymore? But uh, those I didn't need to go surgery, so those those are the biggest biggest things I had. But nothing nothing big nothing big. I have uh, always <coughs> tried to train hard and uh, uh, managed to do the recovery very well. So, so nothing bigger. Well, the move to um, Tampere has been uh, quite an exciting one. And we've seen, as I said a moment ago, the team um, go leaps and bounds from, from last year and indeed from the years before. Tampere is quite a, a crowded sports market. There are a lot of other sports and a lot of other sports teams there. How have you seen Mansa grow in popularity uh, during this year? Uh, of course, the women have been here a lot more longer than men, or they they have su success success before. So I think when men's team came here so strongly, it's a good good thing to the city and uh, uh, many new people people have been in the in the crowd to, in this season and uh, there is a room to Pesapallo in Tampere because there is so much people living in here oh, over 4,000 people so I think this is a good thing to Tampere and even better thing to Pesapallo. Now, coming into the um, postseason, the top three teams got to choose their first round uh, opponents. And, and this year, um, Mansa chose IPV uh, first. And um, that was, a, that was a, a very interesting series. Um, <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. Um, how, how did it feel uh, when they, uh, they took the first two games? Yeah, that was was a pretty pretty exciting series. So, so in the first two games, they they just were much more better than than we were, and uh, and then we just decided that we we need to play better and be much more serious in the in the game, and uh, uh, then we just. Piece by piece, try to do the right things, and it was pretty close in the fourth, fourth game that we we moved to the summer holidays. But but then we just believed each other and uh, tried to be a good team. So I don't know. Uh, it felt awful. In those, uh, how can I say it? Uh, do I need to <laughs> use Finnish? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it felt terrible when when IPV were were better and we we didn't find the cure to to handle those games. But then when the series were over and uh, and we won. Uh, <coughs> I think there is no one who can stop us stop us this season. Well, moving on from IPV, after going to game five in, in your series, um, you played the other team who went to game five in their series, Sotkamo. Um, again, I, I found that an incredibly thrilling series. The first two games went to a, a Kotiotusko pilot scoring contest. Um, how tight w was that series? Uh, I think it wasn't so tight that the numbers numbers <coughs> looks like. I think we were in every game we were <coughs> we were better team, but of course, Sotkama is a very very good team and they they have success success. So so long, and they have the routine to win the game. So 
I think uh, uh, I need to <laughs> try to find the right okay. words, but uh, we just uh, we waited the right uh, right situation in the game, and then we hit the ball on the right uh, sectors of the of the field, and that way we we managed to win every game and take the series 3-0, three, three but uh, of course, like I said, Sotkom is, is so quality team, so that's why it. I think it's looked like a little bit vaikealta, uh, difficult to us. Yeah. yeah. Well, I... When I look at all of the the teams in the league, I I think that Mansa are the team who has the best uh, Kotiatusko pilot pairings, the, the the best materials to go into a scoring contest. And I certainly um, wouldn't want to for it to come to that if I was trying to play against you. Um, but obviously now you're in the final. Um, at the time of recording this, we've had game one, and it was it was a close game game of fine margins but again Mansa just keeping ahead um how does it feel to have reached um your your 10th final yeah it's it's pretty amazing to play play 10 finals and uh it tells that i have played pretty long and a pretty good team so so thanks to my teammates and all the goats that's why i played 10 finals so have to say I enjoy I think I haven't enjoyed this much in finals ever and I think it's because of that I have been few years few years of finals and uh, now when when you have a little bit more age so that's why I try to enjoy every second well, as I say, for me, Mansa has uh, one of the best sort of up and down batting lineups. Um, what do you think KPL's strengths are? Uh, they they play pretty good with the whole team when they hit the ball. So so we need to we need to be ready ready every every time and uh, every situation like we. So in the first game they they marks many many different hits when there is nolla kakkostilanne. I can say it in English, <laughs> but uh, when there is a runner on the second base and other bases are empty, they marks those those kinds of situations very much and uh, they play like. Uh, <coughs> different kind of they have a different kind of game book than everyone else in this in this league so so the material is not the best but uh, they play play against the book and uh, of course they have a they they haven't had the haven't win the championships in uh, is it 45 years or was it and I think they are pretty hungry to win it so so they I think that's their their strength mm. well there are different uh, drivers of course for for Mansa uh, really trying to break um break the mold I, I suppose break the norm in Pesapalo and, and making all those headlines um as well but it's not just um Mansa it's not just uh, the teams that you've played on, you've also had 16 Italanzi selections. You were at Italanzi again this year. Could you um, tell us a little bit about some of your memorable experiences? Uh, from Italanzi? Yes. Yeah, I think the first Italanzi was the most memorable. Uh, it was uh, 2005 in, in Oulu and uh, I was a young, young kid then, and uh, there was many, many players that I looked up. So, so it was pretty fun to play with them, and uh, I think I 
I get the first. I was the best player of Lance that year, I think. And so it went pretty good. Good and uh, I, I was pretty nervous before the game, obviously. But uh, I think that's the best best memory of the Italians. And in terms of, of other memories, do you have any other memorable, memorable games or finals that you, you've been in? Of course, the first finals uh, in Wimbeli. That was my uh, second final. We played 2005 in Nurmo. Nurmo against Kite. But, but the second, second finals where, where I was was in Wimbeli 2010. There was uh, over 5,000 people in the crowd, and Wimpeli have a little bit under 3,000 people living in Wimpeli. So, so there was almost double, double people in the crowd. So that that was so crazy. And if you know the Wimpeli field, it's in the there's the river go goes goes there. So people were were all over the, uh, how can I say, side of the field. And uh, if you try to hit the ball, home run or something, something, it couldn't be possible because there were people all over the back line. <laughs> that was pretty crazy. <laughs> and uh, uh, they, they shout, shouted so loud that you couldn't even hear your own on thoughts so it's a pretty pretty wild then and in terms of your future your goals and your aspirations um obviously first uh first thing on your mind has got to be the championship uh, this year um but outside of that do you have any uh goals or, or aspirations for the future uh i have a next year contract here in Tampere, and uh, of course, try to try to play my best finish baseball, and uh, then I just have to stop and uh, look a little bit. Am I am I still that shape? I can play in the in the super basis, or can I play in the top? Top, or can I be the one of the top players? And uh, <coughs> but uh, in life, I, I I'm in, interested about uh, something sports marketing and uh, being in the <coughs> trying to be in the some sport club and uh, something like that. And uh, I haven't I haven't thought much Pelinjohto yet but that's one choice also so i go one year one year or these two years now and uh, then i have to stop and think uh, what's the next next move well i'm sure whatever the future holds for you henry it'll be filled with success certainly your past has been to date and um, thank you very much for joining me uh, on the podcast it's been a pleasure talking to you Thank you so much, and uh, let's hope that my English was that good and that the <laughs> listeners <laughs> can understand me. <laughs> and that'll just about do it uh, for this episode of the Super Passes Roundup podcast. Um, I'm your host, Ian Alber, and I want to give thanks to my co-host, Ron Bronson. Always good to see you both. Until next time. And Miko Pirhonen. Yeah. Buonanotte. So if you like what you hear, then please like or subscribe. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. Um, I'm even on Instagram and Facebook. Um, you can also check out the blog. Uh, that's superpessisroundup.blogspot.com. And also you'll occasionally see me writing for the Poltolina website. But until next time, we'll see you soon.
sitting far away Don't be afraid 